and welcome to episode 205 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Coming to you once again, two different cities, yes. one bedroom and one living room. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to, it was fun to recap the trip in our last episode, like re, like retell it with each other. And like, even when I was listening back to it and, and trying to fix up some of the, the garbled parts where we were talking over one another or where the, the connection wasn't very great. I was listening to big chunks of it and, and it was fun to like hear ourselves, like tell the story of what we'd been up to. And I mean, we, we had a really, we had a really nice time. We, we did. We had a fantastic time. So but anyway, now who's... it's like back to reality because time does keep going. Although, you know, what was funny is that, um, of course, uh, a couple of weekends ago, the time changed here in Canada. Yeah. And of course, the time doesn't change in Peru. And when yeah. we were in Peru was when the time change happened. So yes. we never, like, I never really had a sense that the time changed because oh, of course. we didn't change times there. And mm-hmm. then, but, but I just got back to my condo today because the first few days after the trip I was living elsewhere and so I've just come back home and the clock on the stove and the clock on the microwave were an hour hour behind I was like oh because I literally like I walked in the door and it said like 240 or something and I was like 240 how can it be 240 and it took me (laughs) It took me a minute to be like, oh, that's right. The time changed. It's three. Gotcha. 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 Mm -hmm. So, so time. So whether you change your clocks or not, time does keep marching on forward. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Sandy, we promised people that were listening that uh, after indulging us the last two weeks about just listening to our vacation and listening Mm. to our you know, life update that, yeah. that we would be back to our regularly scheduled programming today, that we would be back to, you know, talking yeah. about things that we're reading and watching and listening to and things related to health and wellness and bodies and mm-hmm. you know, all of those sorts of things. So I feel like we owe it to the listeners okay. to, jump, to jump back into that. Okay. So Henny, Saturday, I went to see the whale. Ooh, okay. Yes. So anyway, so people, I had messaged, Henny knew we were going to the movies and then I'd said, and she, I'd, I came out and said, I sent her a message right away saying it was absolutely fantastic. And then Henny said, what did you say? I said that I was waiting for you to watch it first because mm-hmm. I had heard very mixed reviews about the movie not mixed reviews in the sense that like some people said it was done well and some people said that it was done poorly um everyone that i that i i mean not people that i know personally but people that i may know like virtually or even things that i've read Mm. everyone seems to think that the movie itself technically was done well but there's been a lot of pushback about the content of the movie and about the portrayal of fatness in the movie. Hmm. And so I was hesitant about going to see it. And so I was really waiting to, I was waiting for you to see it first so that you could tell me if I actually needed to go and see it or not. 
Yeah, but okay, but honey, I don't understand pushback. What is the movie about? The movie is about a 700 pound uh, gay man who is trying to reconnect with the daughter he left. Right. The movie is about a 700 pound man. Like that is what the movie's about. It isn't, I understand when it's a movie and there's a character and then there's other, the movie is, that is not what the movie is about. Right. So I think what a lot of people have an issue with is that the actor playing Okay. The 700 pound man is not a 700 pound man. Uh, Okay. And so I think, and so I think that's, I mean, I haven't done extensive reading about this, so I mean, I'm not sure what all the people are saying, but Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that that's what the Just a few of them. Not all of them. I just know a few. I just know, exactly. (laughs) I think that's what the pushback is. Like, I think that's the concern. The concern is, and, and it's interesting actually, because I'm listening to a book right now that is, you know, unrelated to this conversation, but I, I, she was uh, talking about, you know, women's portrayal, like the portrayal of women in television and film. And one of the things that came up was that often people, or certainly in the nineties and early two thousands, people who were Um, characters in television shows and movies who were fat characters, particularly when they were women, they were often thin women wearing prosthetics or wearing fat suits or, you know, that they weren't actually. And so people who actually themselves live in a larger body or might consider themselves or call themselves, refer to themselves as fat, those people aren't getting those jobs. Yeah. Instead, it's thin people dressing up as them. And so, and that was the history of, like, certainly in the 90s, absolutely. That was the the history of um, the, the portrayal of fat people in the media. And so yeah. I think this was, uh, this is something that people have been concerned about, that okay. you have people who might be extremely talented actors who mm-hmm. aren't getting jobs because they look a certain way, but then it's okay, or, you know, whether or not it's okay, but then you have these people who are actors in normal sized bodies or in thin bodies who then get to play these other people. You know, and I mm. think that's where where the concern was that is that has that I've seen. Um, but I mean, you know, I I I'm I don't know enough about it. I, I I'm not really sure where I like where I come down on that conversation. Like I I don't know. That's and that's that's I guess what I was just going to ask you is yeah. like how like is that something that you even think about? Well. I would say yes and no. There are people in television today or on television today that are people who have fat bodies and I'm I'm so happy to see them on television and uh, and they're talented actors and I want them to have a job and I want to see them and I want to hear their voice and I want to hear what they have to say. And 
I'm, I am very aware when there is a person who I know to be a person in a, who, who lives in an average, well, maybe not even average, but a person who lives in a thinner body, who is wearing a fat suit, for example, I am aware that that is what is happening. I'm aware that this person has dressed up to be this character. Now, Mm -hmm. do I necessarily think that it's wrong that they've done that? I don't think I do necessarily. I think a lot of it depends on like, why, why has that been done? Like, I think in some shows it's like, um, you know, like in flashbacks or in flash forwards, you know, that in one por- portion of their life, they're, they are this size. And in another portion of their life, there's this size. And so you need the magic of television to do that. Right. right. But I mean, I, I'm sure if you looked at the history of, you know, people who have attempted to get jobs, I mean, I, I think... But 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 it does open up something else then, honey, because mm. it opens up that, well, it opens a couple of things. One is that if the role is for a plus size person, mm. then plus size people only can only have the opportunity to apply for those roles. Mm. And there are not as many of those roles necessarily. Mm. But mm-hmm. then you have to say, well, does the character's physical shape impact their role and part of what they're creating, like the movie? Mm. Right, exactly. Those are, well, those are different, two different there things. There are two different right? things. And, like, and then the conversation could be, well, like, let's talk about age. You know, like how many times are you watching a television show or a movie where the the people, like the the characters are in their teens, but the actors are in their late twenties and thirties. Yes. You know, so 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 and like is like is that a problem? Like and no. that's why I kind of feel like I don't yes. really know where I yes. fall on this conversation. It's it's then we, you're right. We have to then say, well, where is our sensitivity to one thing, but not something else? Like it, you really need to look at every, everything sure. through that same lens to sure. determine. And For so sure. it gets mucky there. It gets, yeah, yeah. It gets mucky there. So for me, I, that was, I didn't even, I, that was not even something I considered. I yeah. was, I mean, I, I have only personally um, known one one person that is uh, in a, an extremely large body, and my, it was my brother in law. So it's someone that mm-hmm. I you know knew closely or intimately, you know. And I know that some of the things that I saw this actor doing yeah. are things that I also saw right him struggling with. Yeah, getting getting up off of a couch. Yeah. Um, yeah talking about like the, the sores under the rolls mm, yeah yeah like all of those things and, were things well, that I did see and, 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 know. The th- and the thing is too like I'm just thinking about this too you know the the conversation then could be extended to be like okay well you know what about people who have like what about actors who are playing characters who have mental illnesses yes. you know like you know like they're like uh, that's why I feel like I mean I'm not 
I, I, that's why I, I'm, it wasn't like I was like, no, I have a problem with this movie. I mean, I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if I have a problem with it or not. Yeah, yeah. But I was, uh, but I was waiting for you to see it first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I will say there were times because uh, there's some confrontation uh, from the daughter um, and things that he does and his, and the person who's helping him gets very frustrated and mad at him his reaction to it a lot is something that right away you're like oh my goodness why is this the same reaction he's having all the time and I was like (gasps) like like physically like (gasps) because it just it was like someone took a knife in my heart like I felt some of the stuff you know and I was, it was it was difficult, you know. Yeah. And the woman beside me, literally at the end, had her tissues out and was like wiping profusely yeah. her face. Yeah, that I mean that will be me, I'm sure. Oh, for sure it will be. Yeah, I thought yeah. The, I thought at the very end it was a little bit well, that was weird, but okay. But anyways, <laughs> it was what it was. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Um, by him and Brendan Fraser's in like have, have you listened to any of the podcasts he's been on recently he's in he's 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 um I don't want to say he's quirky I would like to say he's sort of shy yes he and a he little that way in the podcast a little I, um socially awkward yeah yeah and not comfortable feel it almost I almost got the impression that he didn't feel he was in the same league as the people who were interviewing him Right. Yet he is a hundred times more successful, I think, in the movies and stuff that he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He seems like a very humble, mm-hmm. low key kind of guy. Yeah. But I also know he's been out of the limelight for a long time because of injuries, the things that he did to his body while he was do- making movies. And there's been a lot of stuff around that. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I, I'm pretty sure that he said in that he did gain some weight. Yes. Yes. I remember him saying that too. Yeah. But there's only, you can't gain that much weight. I think it's six. I said 700 pounds. I've just looked at, yeah. he, he had a 300 pound prosthetic on. Wow. So, which means he would probably weigh close to 300 pounds himself. And you can see, uh, there's been pictures of him th- like in the last year or so, and you can see he has lost weight. Right. Um, but he's very tall. Like I'm assuming mm. he is, or it was a camera angle because he he's okay. like a giant. But my my ex brother-in-law also like he was like you know six seven. Oh wow! Yeah, like yeah. just an all round big guy. And and had to be over five hundred pounds. I I'm not sure of how much he weighed. Right, right. Big guy. Yeah. You know, always you always everyone wants to pick a fight with you because they think you think you're so big you think you're so tough no he doesn't he just you know i just have a piss off large body yeah 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 Yeah. and and it's it's interesting i mean i don't know i think i've told you this story we went to a a maple leaf game at the old maple leaf gardens Mm -hmm. and it was my ex-husband and myself um my ex-brother-in-law and i think i think he was married at that time um and so the four of us went we had tickets we went okay okay Jamie was too big to sit in the seat. Yeah. And so he sat to the side on the stairs. And then a security guard came up. He couldn't sit there. Correct. 
And then we were trying to, and then Jamie was like, what's up? Because Jamie, it was be like, oh, well, bud. He was called everyone bud. What, what, right. There's no problem, bud. Like, you know, and there was no way. And we were in nosebleeds. Yeah. Was, anyways, we ended up, we didn't see the game, honey. We, we left. But then it leaves him feeling shitty because now yeah. none of us have seen it. People are looking at us. Yes. It's causing a scene. It's yes. just, it makes, it's, it was a really, really, really bad situation. You know, uh, yeah, that's, I think what I would hope that people that see the movie, because people will go and see the movie just because it's Brendan Fraser. Sure. Sure. Because he hasn't done anything in it for a long time. And yeah. people are thinking about him with the mummy trilogy. And, and it's, well, of, and the movie itself has received a lot of like really great critical acclaim. And especially he's just won an Oscar. Right. So all of those things. Yeah. But and they, they will be people that would not have gone to see the movie had it been somebody else that hadn't won. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, but in yes. The movie they go to see. I, what I would hope is that people have, maybe can look at people in bigger bodies with a little bit uh, more... Um, uh, Empathy. Thank you. Compassion. Yes, all of those things. Yeah. You know, that's, that would be my hope. Yeah. Um, and if that happens, like if that's the result of the movie, then I mean, how can you, that's education. I mean, well, that's it. Like, like, how can you have any, like, how can you really say anything? Yeah. You know, have an overall negative feeling toward the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely want to see it. I definitely yeah. want to see it. Yeah, it is, it is a hundred percent worth seeing. It was very well done, and and I know well that I know that I will cry. So, and you know how well done it was. I did, I did not fall asleep in an afternoon matinee. <laughs> so it must have been very good because I can fall asleep in like concerts. <laughs> bon Jovi, I've fallen asleep. Like I can fall asleep anywhere. So, oh, um, but it was just very well done anyway right right anyways okay that's all i have to say about that i love that well let's uh continue on the the you know trajectory of chatting about larger bodies because i have been really anticipating aubrey gordon's new book which just came out uh, at the beginning of this year, maybe in February. And it's called, in quotes, you just need to lose weight and 19 other myths about fat people. <laughs> okay. And I've been very excited about this book. And so as soon as it came out, I put a hold on it in the li on the library and on Libby. And I got a skip the line copy oh. at some point at the beginning of the time that I was in Peru. Uh, and so anyway, I didn't listen to a minute while I was in Peru. And so when I came home, I was like, I had a couple of days where I was doing a fair bit of driving. And so I was like, okay, great. I'm going to listen to this book. Well, uh -oh. it's 19 myths. Yeah. I made it to myth 15. And, oh, then I, and then I ran out of time. Dang. <laughs> Son of a gun. So anyway, so I haven't finished the book. Okay. But I have gotten, you know, more than three quarters of the way through. Yeah. And Sandy, it's very good. 
It's nice. very good. She is, she, she's a really smart writer and she weaves her own personal experiences and anecdotes from other people and scientific research, like into like in with each other for each of the 19 sections, you know? Okay. And, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, it was how far I've gotten has been really, really great. And she, you know, she talks about all sorts of different things, you know, like the, you know, myth, you know, one of the myths being that, you know, people who carry extra weight are, you know, lack willpower, for example, there's a myth. And so then she goes into talking about like what exactly willpower is and, you know, all, you know, why it would be silly to, to assume that fat people lack willpower and thin people have it. And, you know, and um, one of the myths that she, well, you know, one of the myths was that, you know, that, um, that, you know, losing weight is simply an easy thing to do and people who carry extra weight must be lazy. And so then she, you know, so, and then she, you know, brings, talks about her own life and brings in the science behind, you know, behind the science of weight loss and, you know, and the science of like regaining weight and diet culture and all of these Mm -hmm. things. So, I mean, nothing that we haven't necessarily heard before but just repackaged in an interesting way you Mm -hmm. know she tells a story about um being in high school and you know having like someone at like just some random person at a party that she like an acquaintance like someone that she maybe knew who they were from school but like they had no relationship at all and like this person you know gave her a whole lecture on like what she should and shouldn't be eating and like, she's at a party, like a high school yeah. party, you know? So she's, so she says in the story, like she, you know, this person like finished their, you know, their lecture and she's like, and then I left, like, like clearly I'm not welcome at this party. Like why, why would I stay? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and so that was all wrapped into, you know, all of these different, you know, examples and ideas about how people think like, oh, if someone carries extra weight, they must not know how to remove it. That must be the problem. You know, like, I think very rarely that's the problem, (laughs) you know? Um, One of the most interesting chapters was this idea of, and she talks about WW and she talks about Jean Neidich and she talks about this idea of emotional eating. Mm. And, and so the myth is that, you know, only fat people eat for emotional reasons. <laughs> and, and she was like, um, she's like, people. You ever been to a wedding? Well, this is the thing. <laughs> she's like, everyone eats for emotional reasons. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah. Like, like what people assume and what people say in so many instances makes zero sense. You know, like, like, like if you break it down and you use some common sense to like understand or like to really think about a situation, you realize like this assumption that people have 
it's silly, you know, like, yeah. like can you yeah. imagine like, oh yes, emotional, like, but like, it's interesting because in, in WW workshops, we often talk about emotional hunger versus physical hunger and like eating yeah. because we're actually physically hungry versus eating for an emotional reason. And many people, many members and coaches, I think would say to you like, well, you know, the real thing that I struggle with is emotional eating, you know, like, like it, I think that that's certainly in the language and the culture of WW, whether it's in the language in other spaces, I don't know, but, but I think just the idea that thin people don't eat for emotional reasons is ridiculous. You know, yeah. so many people eat for a variety of different reasons. Many people, especially in a world where food is so accessible, highly and ultra processed food is so accessible. Mm -hmm. Food is being advertised to us all the time. Like lots of people eat for reasons that are not not hungry. hungry. Yeah. 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 And, but the thing is, everybody is an emotional eater. We eat when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're mad, when we're, you know, celebrating. The problem there's two things. One is that that's kind of like the catch-all that has been said. Hmm. The problem is, is that, yeah, we are all emotional eaters and some people have, there's, it's figuring out what is the emotion that you are experiencing that leads you to eating in a particular way. Mm -hmm. So is it when you're stressed? Well, that's not really emotional. You're eating because you're under stress, mm-hmm. which is causing you to feel some sort of emotion. And but it's not just emotion. Right. And person to person, the way that you eat is going to yeah. differ. You know? And so I think, you know, one of the, you know, one of the points that she was making was that it's not, it's not about whether you're eating because you're hungry or whether you're eating. Uh, you know, because you're feeling some other emotion, like, you know, if, if you really want to talk about, you know, eating habits, it's, it's, it's sure, I mean, pay attention to why you're reaching for different foods at certain times, Mm -hmm. but, but really it's, it's how you're eating, right? It's, it's, what are you eating? How much are you eating? eating? You know, like, what are the circumstances in which you are doing this? You know, like, because maybe, you know, um, a girlfriend of mine like eats when she's super excited about something and she'll like pick out like one chocolate from a box, you know, like, and that's her, like, she's not hungry. Yeah. The chocolate yes. is not satisfying her, but like, no. she's excited about something. And so this is like the treat that she's having, yeah. you know, whereas, you know, if I'm tired and I have things to do and I can't go to sleep. And so I decide that I'm going to start eating to like keep myself awake. I'm not eating one chocolate from a box. No, no. <laughs> you know, so, so the, the stories are very different here. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, yeah. She talked a lot about, you know, when body positivity first became something that was being talked about and, and, uh, uh, you know, really portrayed in the media and the, and the uh, backlash that came of that, that where people were saying like, well, if you're, you know, if you're in, if you're encouraging body positivity, then you're really encouraging people to be unhealthy and like, and how false that is. And mm-hmm. I, it was really, really quite great. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited to get the book again and finish the last little <laughs> section. Yeah. Uh, but she also, because everything that she talks about is science-based, she has a lot of different research studies that she mentions. She also mentions a bunch of other books that she suggests you should read if you want to okay. have a fuller understanding. And then she also had a few other little things that she shared along the way. And one of the things that she talked about was this survey that Harvard University has put together that and it's a website mm. that you can go to yeah. and all about implicit bias and so the the project it's called project implicit and I have heard slash seen this before this was not the first time that I've come across this particular website I don't remember yeah. what context I've seen it before but um, they have all sorts of different tests that you can do to measure your implicit bias uh, toward or against certain things. So, you know, there's one test that is um, about, I think there's a test about like gun use and there's a test about ageism and there's a test about, um, about I don't know if it's about race in general or if it's specific to blackness or you know like they have all these different tests well one of them is about weight and mm. so I did it this morning in anticipation of talking to you and then once I finished mine I thought oh I think Sandy needs to do this too and so I sent it to you to do yep and I did it do you want to know do you want to know what my I says you have completed the study Sure, yeah, so it says you have completed the study and then it tells you if, so there are seven different options that could come about. Because what happens is you are um, given a whole bunch of images of fat people and thin people and you're also given a whole bunch of words that have good or bad connotations and you have all these different there's all these different sequences and series and you have to click like if it's good or bad or if it's fat or thin or if it's you know, fat and good or thin and bad or the other way around and and so you and you're supposed to do it as quickly as you can and yeah. then at the end it will tell you if you have a strong moderate or slight preference for thin people over fat people Mm -hmm. If you have no preference between them, or if you have a slight, moderate, or strong preference for fat people compared to thin people. So it, it puts you in one of those seven categories. Yeah. And where were you? I was in, your responses suggested a moderate, automatic preference for thin people over fat people. Oh, wow. So you are 28% of the population. I was going to say, I was 28% of the people. Chart. You are, you are with 28% of people almost. Well, yeah, almost a third, mm, closer to a quarter, a quarter of people have the same as you. Mm -hmm. Where did you come in? Mine says your responses suggested no automatic preference between fat people and thin people. Huh? So I was right in the center. And but all it was was like pushing sides of a thing. Yeah. 
I mean, I had so, to think about like because <laughs> they kept changing the things, and then it was like, like uh, thin bot, like the size of the body, and then the words if they were like more associated with uh, a fat body or a thin body. Yeah. But if you hit the wrong thing, yeah. And that's what happened because I was like trying to remember which one it was. And then I'd hit the wrong one. I'd be like, damn it. Well, they changed it again. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to play. Yeah. Cause they kept, they, and I think, but I think that's part of the reason is because oh, they're trying is. to catch an automatic response. Right. Yeah. And so I think some of the time it, it doesn't, pro, it pro, I think some of the time it doesn't matter what you're picking. Right. Yeah. Like, cause the first thing they do is they keep showing you pictures of people and you have to press either fat or thin, fat or thin, fat or thin. And so I don't think that is actually testing anything. I think that's mm -hmm. just getting you to concentrate on something so that yeah. when they switch the game, they can catch you off guard, you know, uh, like, because I think the parts that are, that are really testing your automatic preferences are, there's one section where if, if the word is good, or if the person is fat, you pick one side. And if yeah. the word is bad, or the person is thin, you pick the other side. Yeah. But then there's another time where if the word is bad, and the person is fat, you pick one side. And if the word is good, and the person is thin, you pick one side. Like, I think those are probably the ones that where they're actually getting their their data from. But I mean, obviously, this is a quick little internet implicit test that really, yeah. you know, isn't saying anything certainly from a thoughtful standpoint because it's right. implicit not explicit certainly mm -hmm. doesn't say anything about your behavior toward people certainly doesn't you know and it's and it's very uh arbitrary right because mm -hmm. it's a research study you know but but it's yeah it's interesting yeah yeah it was i i would be so it said that 31% of people had a strong automatic preference for thin people, 28% moderate, 16% um, slight preference. So, mm. you know, that's, you know, almost 70% of respondents yeah. had a, had some sort of a preference for thin people. 15% were right in the middle and then only 9% were somewhere in the category of preference for fat. But I think what this tells us is not necessarily about ourselves or like our own opinions or viewpoints, but what it tells us is what we consume on a daily basis from what we see what we listen to, what we read, what we like, you know, what we uh, experience in our daily lives. You know, like I, I think, you know, you know, talking about you know, film representation of people who carry excess weight, you know, like how many movies have you seen where the main character is a character who is fat mm. in and then, and then how many of those are where the person, where the, where the, the person's body or the person's fatness is not the, the through line of the story. Yeah. Or is not Brent done to make fun of that yeah. person. 
because yeah. because there are movies where you have a character who is who is fat and they often are like the comic relief or mm-hmm. the you know the silly one or the you know like like i mean i i think that representation means something yeah was that one of her myths fat people are funny <laughs> i don't i don't think it was but but it should be yeah it should be because i think that is a i mean i think it's hard it's hard because I don't mm-hmm. think that, first of all, I don't think you have to be overweight or you don't have to have overweight in order to be funny. Yeah. And I don't think just because you have overweight, you are inherently funny. But but I do think, certainly from my, like if I think of myself, like my own personal experience, like I do think that from a very young age, I knew or I assumed, like I took on the belief that I needed to be especially good, useful, um, effective, interesting, whatever, because people weren't going to be attracted to me because of how I looked Hmm. and I don't mean like a physical attraction I just mean like I wasn't going to like people people weren't going to gravitate towards me Hmm. because of the way that I looked in the same way that people would gravitate towards people who have what I would have perceived as you know a, a societally accepted you know beauty standard right and so I I do I do know for sure that even as a kid I knew I had to be like if I was smart people would gravitate to me because I could help them with something or because they could get something from me if I was helpful people would gravitate towards me because I was a good person to have around you know like Mm. and so I knew that those things were or whether or not it's true, my perception was that those things were important for me to have. Those things were important for me to be because I wasn't inherently going to be what people wanted to be around. So, okay, honey, listening to you say that, then did you ever feel that people were around you only because of what you had to offer rather than because of who you were like your your own personality I think I think I I often felt and I think I sometimes still feel that people people are drawn to me because of what I can offer them (laughs) and they stick with me because they realize they actually like my company Oh, (laughs) does that sound really vain and conceited? (laughs) No, I think I I would just was like when you were saying that, that's all I could think about was that you felt like you'd have that was that was what your your value was like you had to offer. And so exchange for interaction with people. Yeah, I, I think I I mean, 
I've always been confident enough with myself that I think that I do have a lot to offer people, but I yeah. also think that I am like a, an enjoyable person to be around. Like I think, I think yeah. I'm like, I manage quite fine socially. I think I have a lot of, you know, uh, yeah, like I, I, I think I have a lot to like actually offer, but I think just in a social milieu, I think people for the most part would enjoy being around me, but I think that people wouldn't necessarily see me in a crowd and think, aha, that's the person I want to be with. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, I can tell you, you're okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, anyway, all of that to say that I think this myth that fat people are funny, like I think yeah. it comes from somewhere because I think that people I think that people who are self-conscious about one thing yeah. often overcompensate in another area. I guess that's a that's a much more succinct and correct way to say what I'm trying to say. That doesn't yeah. make me sound like a conceited yeah. a-hole. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I find it interesting because I... Uh, like I, I, I mean, I, I had no confidence, and I was extremely shy, and stayed away, you know, from any. Like I didn't want to be noticed because of being the biggest person or the bigger one of the bigger people in my right. grade. But also because I didn't, I wasn't super smart. Like I wasn't a great student. I didn't have anything else to offer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I had like you know one friend but that friend also was like the uh, another person who maybe didn't quite fit in right, right. do you know what I mean like to yeah. whatever because she was really tall right 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 you know yeah. and so that as a like as a female at that time wasn't the norm you know you'd be the one person yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. she was the tall, thin one, and I was, like, the short, fat one. It was, like, we were almost a comedy team, you know? Like You were, like, Jack's, Jack Spratt and his wife. Yeah, or, like, Laurel and Hardy or something, you know? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, that, that opens another conversation about those types of pairs and why they chose certain people or they were depicted in certain ways as couples, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, anyways, that's, that, that's interesting, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. I'm going to put the link to Project Implicit in the Instagram post okay. and I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes too. So that if people are listening to the podcast and then they think, oh, like I want to go back and like do the test for myself, um, mm -hmm. you can, you can do that. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure I share it there. Perfect. And you also have continued. Well, I finished the book. Oh, you finished it. Okay. I think I did. I think, I think, well, I, I you know, no, maybe I didn't. No, I, I think I didn't. But, <laughs> and this is like, people are like, what are you talking about? Well, we're still talking about that book. I think it was called Bear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember the title of the book. Um, anyway. The, the, the third, we were on the third, you know, sort of step. section or chapter. Yeah. Oh, oh step. step. Right. Cause it's, right. cause it's seven steps. Seven steps. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the third one, which you touched on a little bit was eating, oh. it said eat with attentiveness. Ah. So she said, that's also called like eating mindfully, intuitively. Yeah. You know, she prefers to call it attentively. 
Okay. And and then she the, the one why I thought that was interesting is because she then said like children do this naturally. Like she says, how often have, do you see like kids who are playing or whatever, and there's food around and they'll just come over, take one bite of something, put it down. It could be a piece of cake. It could be pizza. It could be a sandwich. It could be anything. They put it down and then they just go back to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we often think, well, they're too, like they're not paying enough attention. They need to finish eating. But the truth is if they're hungry, they're going to eat. Yeah. They just don't feel compelled to eat it all. Yeah, yeah. Adult adults teach children to do that. Yes. We're, yeah. We we do. Yeah. Yeah. So and why that, why why do we do that? Why do we teach kids to? I mean, is it because we're worried about the food waste? Is it because we're worried that, like, we know better than the kid does about how much they need to eat? Like, yes, I think you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Is it I, that we eating is such an ordeal that we'd like them to eat more in one sitting so that we don't have to eat again the next 45, like in 45 well, minutes? That's another, sure. Yeah. That all, all of those things. But just like us, you know, some days you wake up and you're just not as hungry. Other days you wake up and you're ravenous. Yeah. It, I don't think it matters how big we are, how old we are. I think Mm -hmm. we all have that, but we, for some reason, get so caught up with making sure children eat. And then we are teaching them to overeat, not eat with attention, like just eat because I told you to. Yeah. And then it's something you're trained and you, and you just instinctively begin doing. So her thing was, well, like if, if, we were all children at some point. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so we, we all knew how to eat that way. So we can train ourselves again to eat that way. Mm-hmm. Like, but it really means the attentiveness means really getting in touch with how hungry am I? Mm-hmm. Am I eating right now because it's five o'clock and that's what yeah. time dinner is at? Yeah. Am I eating now? Because this is the only opportunity I will have. Mm-hmm. And I think that at different points in your own wellness journey, that those things all do shift and change. Yeah. Because we also know that there are people who carry excess weight that don't eat anything until two or three in the afternoon. But there are others that eat from the time they wake up till the time they go to bed. Yeah. You know, and so either way, it's not necessarily, we're not necessarily eating because we're hungry. We are just eating mm-hmm. because we're supposed to eat at this time. Yeah. If you think about, I mean, maybe this is a hard exercise to do, but if you think about yourself as a, as a child, like if you think yeah. about, you know, however, as young as you can remember Mm -hmm. would you like do you think that there was a time in your life where you did eat like that and that you ate attentively and you ate when you were hungry and you didn't eat when you weren't no I don't think so no me neither but I know for I know for me my father was a shift worker and so we ate meals with him 
on his schedule. Right. And so if he was working afternoons, then we didn't have dinner with him because by the time we got home from school, he was gone. Right. right. But if he was on nights, he would come home from work, he'd sleep for a few hours and he would get up, have dinner and go mm-hmm. back to bed. So he, we would eat at four o'clock. Right. If he was on days, he worked seven to three. We ate at four o'clock. Like I ate dinner at four o'clock. Right, right, right. Which seems ridiculously early. Yeah, it's just I. I just wondered that because you know you're saying in the in the book the author Susan Hyatt she's saying you know at some point when we were kids we did this and so we should be able to go back and like retrain ourselves. But but like I I don't think I ever did. Yeah, but I think she's talking about like when toddlers. Yeah. Like you see that toddlers do, they just come by, they're running around or they're on a tricycle or whatever they're doing. They'll just come over to a table, pick something up, take a bite, and then they just leave it. Yeah. I don't even think I did as a toddler. I I think if I asked my parents, they would say, no, I never did that. Oh, interesting. That I just always, whatever, whenever there was food around, I wanted the food and I would eat the food until it was, huh. I think, I think I always, always, I truly, I think I always, always was like that. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. Like, I know yeah. that that's not the, the, the norm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And, and that's not to say that I can't train myself to do that. I mean, I think I'm far more attentive to my eating yes. now than I ever was in my entire life. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Which is what I'm saying is like, yeah, there are different points and different things that maybe we focus on at different times. And it's not for everyone to, you know, s- go from nothing and then start. And then we're trying to like not eat this, eat this, have more of that. Watch what you're eating, slow it down. Like all of these things, you have to sort of say, what are the things that are going to give me the most success right right now? Mm-hmm. Get a hold of those, move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. She, it, she also made a point of saying, like, when you slow down the process, it also decreases the intensity of the pleasure. But I don't think, like, I wrote intensity, but I don't think that's the right word. I think it's, hmm. it, it a lot, like, it makes it last longer. Like, the pleasure. Oh, I see. It, you know what I okay. mean? Yeah. So, but I mean, maybe it, maybe intensity is the right word then, though, because if you... Like if it's oh, this, yes, if it's this short, teeny, tiny little spurt of eating, then it's a, yes. a short little spurt of pleasure. Yes. But if you extend the, yes. the time over which you eat, then maybe the pleasure doesn't spike the same way. I mean, you could think of it as the same way as like blood sugar, you know, like maybe it doesn't yeah. spike the same way, but it, it extends over a longer period of time. And so overall it would make you feel better. Well, she, but she also says that what goes along with that is that you don't need as much. Yeah. To feel satisfied. Yeah. And so for her, when she paid more attention and it gave the, like the attentiveness to what she was eating, Mm -hmm. that she didn't eat as much Mm -hmm. as a result. Mm -hmm. And just that she was able to, like, she noticed that weight started coming off. So it wasn't about not eating everything, yeah, whether it's yeah. a cheeseburger or a piece of cake or whatever it yeah. is. It was about the quantity of it. Yeah. And so, I mean, I thought that's interesting. Mm-hmm. She did talk about the hunger scale too, which you and I've seen a couple of times recently in different yeah. things. And like, 
I, I, I mean, I've maybe heard about it, but it's never been something that I've really been in tune with. No. Um, no, as far as like a multi-point scale of how yeah like, you are between starving and overstuffed, right? Yeah. But I mean, I think I think at its like I think what is maybe most helpful is you know, am I hungry? Am I satisfied? Am I stuffed? You know, like those yeah. are sort of my the three things I have to consider. Like, am I hungry that I need something to eat? Uh, have I had enough to eat or have I had too much to eat? You know, and, right. and, th- and I know what those three things feel like. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm much better at preventing the stuffed feeling than I was before. Yes. I am. There are still times. I am too, especially like particularly when it comes to eating a meal. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if I'm sitting down to eat a meal, I'm much better at preventing the stuffed feeling. Yeah. The, the trouble that I get into is that I have like little bingy episodes in between meals. And that's where I, I fall into the stuffed realm far too often. Yeah. I don't like the feeling any, like, I don't I mean, like I that don't, feeling. I don't either. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, I used to, like, I mean, it's, I don't it know. It used to I, feel I don't satisfying. Think I, yeah, I, I don't think, think I loved it before, but no. now I really feel uncomfortable. Right. Like, I want to just go down and lay down because I just feel like, right. blah. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, though, thinking about, like, spreading the, the eating over a longer period of time because I was thinking about this actually on... Uh, on the last night that, that I was in Peru, we went out for a really nice dinner and, Mm -hmm. and we ordered some appetizers to share. And then the appetizers came to the table and then we all ate the appetizers and then the appetizers were finished. And then we ordered the meals. Yes. And so then we had to wait for the meals to come and then the meals came and I mean, I wasn't that hungry when the meals yeah. came, but I was really hungry when we sat down to eat. Yes. You know, but like we had, you know, a little bit of the appetizers or I mean, we had quite a bit of food actually with the appetizers. Yeah. But then it was like we had this stretch of time where we were waiting because we'd waited until that was done before we ordered the meal. Yes. And so then by the time the meal came, I was like, oh, like I'm not really hungry at this yeah. moment in time, you know? I know. And I ha- I had that distinct thought at that time. And so now talking about, you know, stretching. And, and that was an intentional thing that Phil did. I know. Because he said they bring everything at once and then you have appetizers and the meal and everything is sitting there and everyone's yeah. trying to, and you don't enjoy it as much. It's true. Yeah. So it is nice to have the, first thing come out to get especially if you are feeling hungry like or peckish mm-hmm. right and then you have time to let that just kind of digest mm. and then move on but mm. so that evening we ended up we have three appetizers I think yeah we had three appetizers to share between the five of us yeah so three adults two children well one's a 12 year old she eats a lot too right it eats a lot and and so we had that and then we decided just to order two mains for the three adults to share right and that was more than enough food yes but you see the older granddaughter she ate everything yes on hers 
Yes. The younger one hardly ate anything on hers. No, because by the time she'd had the appetizers, she was done. Exactly. But, yeah. and then the hamburger had like three patties on it or something. Cause it wasn't, there's not, you don't often see a kid's menu. So there was, yeah. there was that, but I was not about to, and there would be a time when I'd be like, you ordered that you're eating it. Right, right, right. To my yeah. own children. Yeah. Yeah. But I was not going to do that. No. To that kid. It's, yeah. Well, because your, your thoughts about everything, about the food, about the money, about the yeah. experience, about, you know, like they change over time. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and, you know, throughout experiences that you've had and throughout situations you find yourself in and, you know, and, and this is something that we've said before that, you know, especially when it comes to things like parenting, you know, is that you, you do the best you can with what you've got at the time. And, yeah. and then it's easy in retrospect to say, ah, I wish I'd done this differently, or I, if I were to do it again, I would do this or, you know, but at the time you were doing the best. Yes. Yeah. You know? And so that's, I mean, I, I feel like now I have better information, you know, For and sure. so. For sure. Yeah, and but I the same conversation was had with the older one at a buffet was just like grabbing like you don't need to grab so much food if you want more go back up and get it but one if you put it on your plate then you often feel like you need to finish it two if you end up not liking it then it's wasteful mm -hmm. you know but it 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 does just make you think about what you are taking you know and and not being gluttonous about it because it's a buffet, you know, like yeah. even as yeah. a kid thinking, well, it's, everything's free. Well, it's not free. Someone paid yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's yeah. nothing for free. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the obsession they had with taking all of the shampoos and. No. Yeah. Soap. And soaps and things from the hotel rooms. Do you know how that bag was massive? Well, I there know. I know because the hotels that we were staying at every single time we were in a hotel room, because there were four people staying in the hotel, they laid out four of everything, four shampoos, four conditioners, four lotions, four soaps. Well, yeah. okay. But one bottle of shampoo was enough yeah. for all of us to wash yeah. our hair with, you know, like yeah. you didn't need four. And so there was a ton. Yeah. Oh yeah. dear. Kids funny. are funny. Yeah. Kids are funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Sandy, um, it was fun to have kind of a more regular conversation with you, although I have yeah. enjoyed the last couple of weeks as well. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good to chat about. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks. Thanks for sharing your insight on the whale. I will definitely watch it. I don't know when that's going to be, but I will definitely yeah. watch. It. I'm very interested to see it. Mm -hmm. And I hope if people do the, the project implicit, if you do the implicit scale about weight, I I'm curious, I'm curious to know what other people's results. Yes, are. Yeah. me too. I, I, I'd like to know because now I'm feeling like, I mean, I, I don't think you need to feel, uh, you know, any which way about it, because I think that's the thing. I think, I think the, the key is just to acknowledge that we do tend to implicitly without yeah. thinking, because that's what it means. It means without thinking about it, without yeah. thinking about it, we tend to favor one thing over another. And mm -hmm. society has taught us to favor thinness. And so yeah. we tend to do that. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think the trick is like, I just need to be aware that my tendency is to automatically go to this. And so, you know, 
be conscious of that when we're which which you are very conscious of so yeah I I I wouldn't I wouldn't feel any sort of way about it I think it's just yeah. interesting yeah it was interesting it was so and I wonder if you did it again like I wonder if you were to do it again tomorrow ah. the same result I don't know and same with me I wonder if I did it again tomorrow if I'd get the same result yeah and maybe if I did it on my computer and not my phone right I don't know I don't know hmm. I might have to try it a few more times and see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to go. All right, my friend. Good luck. Um, have a good night. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, peoples. Bye, peoples. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>